The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is R.J. Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Friday, May 29th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and uh, we want to congratulate you on making it through another week. It is Friday, and like we have been all week, we are joined yet again by the one and only my best friend you know him you love him papa ocho what is up my dude just here hanging around having a great week um this is our friday episode um and they you know they always drop every night so you know it's dropping late thursday night but if somebody's listening to this friday morning odds are we are on the golf course how do you think i am doing I think you're doing much better. I like uh, the improvement. I think, you know, you, we're, we're going to keep working on it. But, yeah, I mean, it's all about uh, consistency and, you know, repetitiveness, just getting out there. I switched putters recently, and we've, we've seen that yield some positive results, would you say? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I think the heavy mallet yeah, head I'm a mallet is, guy. Uh, you know, giving you more control. Uh, less uh, variables in the equation, and that's what it's all about. Shout out to Scotty Cameron um, getting that dub for me, shaving a couple strokes off my round. Um, so it's a bit of a shorter episode of the Ocho, and for full transparency, it's because later today in your podcast feed, you will get a new episode of Girls Talking Boys, as it is Friday, and their very special guest is the one and only R.J. Ochoa. Uh, so hopped on GTB, talked with Kelsey and Meg, good times. Uh, so didn't want to overwhelm you, uh, you know, here on this Friday. So you've got more of me coming later. Uh, but we did want to tackle a subject that um, kind of took over Twitter a little bit, um, as this subject tends to do, or cousins of the subject tend to do uh, on Thursday. And I'll put it to you, uh, all of you really, but uh, reports are that the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning world champions, 
are beginning contract discussions with quarterback Pat Mahomes, the reigning Super Bowl MVP, the league's most valuable player a year ago. Uh, without question, the best and most talented quarterback in the game, uh, the brightest star that the NFL has. Uh, you know, all around awesome guy Pat Mahomes is. He is, after his third year in the NFL, eligible for a contract extension, and the Chiefs are not wasting any time. Lee Steinberg is Pat Mahomes' agent, so I'm sure uh, his agency is very busy. We've been to uh, one of these Super Bowl parties, you and I, yep. um, and um, that was actually in Houston. And I, we, uh, we had Pat Mahomes on ESPN San Antonio that year uh, as he was heading in uh, to the NFL draft. He was at that party too. So uh, yep. all of our paths crossed. And, um, you know, I'll start here. Nobody thinks that Dak Prescott is better than Pat Mahomes. Nobody thinks Dak Prescott is anywhere near Pat Mahomes because nobody is near Pat Mahomes. But here's my question because people are asking this. If Pat Mahomes gets his extension before Dak Prescott, simply put yes or no, will that raise whatever the value that Dak Prescott is ultimately going to get? I think so, uh, you know, and I don't pretend to be a, an analyst, a football analyst of any kind or anything, but, you know, I just, and I do that for a living. I mean, I just apply logic to things and do problem solving. But, you know, any time that the price of a commodity goes up, then, you know, it raises the... The, the price the, raises the market. And, you know, a, a good example is gasoline. Right. When, when gasoline prices go up, or the price of oil, I should say, rather, you know, then that, uh, you know, uh, it spurns or it uh, uh, induces a reaction in gasoline prices. And so when that happens, uh, you don't see just the price of premium right. gasoline go up. You see premium go up. You see the mid-grade uh, price of gasoline go up and the lower-grade of gasoline go up so it moves the whole spectrum uh of gasoline it, and and conversely uh you know or inversely i should say when when the it goes uh the other way then they all slide down and that's what i think it's here and again you know i'm not uh you know that's maybe uh it's a good analogy for me and may not be for everyone else but you know that's just looking at things from a logical perspective when you know when something in, in a certain uh, group of a subset you know, moves one way or another, it moves the entire subset. And that's what I'm looking at here. So the subset here um, is quarterback contracts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, for so long, um, it has been a matter of, okay, you know, quarterback X gets paid. Well, quarterback Y is up next. And his demand is, I want a little bit more than quarterback X got. And we've yeah. seen them kind of incrementally grow. Um, you know, every year, every offseason, there's a new highest paid player in NFL history. That title in the last handful of years has belonged to Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco once upon a time, Matt Ryan, uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, you name it, 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 it's, you know, that's the way the market works. And Pat Mahomes will disrupt that trend to a degree because Pat Mahomes will not be, you know, the guy that gets his contract beat right away like everybody else has been in recent memory. I think that there is a universal acceptance that nobody's on Pat Mahomes' level. However, the market still will rise. Um, another analogy is a rising tide lifts all boats. In the case of Pat Mahomes, he is a tidal wave that is going to still lift all boats. And for me, the argument that I you know, tend to get in with people on, on Twitter, because that's how this works, is 
people want to come back and say, well, so what if that's what the market says? I wouldn't pay him that. I, he's not better than Pat Mahomes. He's, or, you know, again, we realize he's not going to get more than Pat Mahomes, but he's not better than Russell Wilson. You know, so why should he be paid that way? Because if you want gas, you have to pay how much gas costs. Exactly. I mean, that's the same uh, you know, concept that I'm looking at here is, you know, that subset of quarterback contracts or quarterback uh, players – and their talents, you know, are like the, you know, the premium grade of gasoline, the mid-grade and the low-grade. You know, that you don't just see the price of one go up or down. It, it moves together, and the gap, you know, from a percentage perspective or however you want to look at it, moves, you know, proportionately. And that's how this thing I see play out. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I, I think it makes uh, the most sense of, of anyone else trying to say, you know, well, you know, the talent level, because those are, some of those things are very subjective, and, you know, you have to keep things in objective format here, and that's the only way you can analyze it and, and make, you know, emotionless-based decisions. Well, and in a world of objectivity, and that's a world that we live our daily lives in, um, you know, supply and demand are objective things, and so, you know, rewinding a year ago, Jared Goff was not the best quarterback in the NFL when he got paid. However, at the time, the Los Angeles Rams, I would imagine they maybe feel a little bit differently here in 2020, but that's neither here nor there. At the time, your two options are literally Jared Goff or trying to find something. And the alternative is terrifying because – and, and we again, we've seen that with, you know, not every example fits that bill. Like Russell Wilson certainly doesn't. He's worth it. But Derek Carr was not the best player in the NFL when he got paid. Matthew Stafford was not the best player in the NFL when he got paid. I think people would argue that Matt Ryan was not the best in the NFL when he got paid, certainly of higher quality than Carr or Stafford. But you get the point. And so I, I think that Dak Prescott at present time is better than any of those quarterbacks were at the time that they got paid. And, and even if you don't believe that Dak is a top whatever, five, six, seven quarterback, the reality is that if it's not a, uh, a tier system. It's literally a yes or no system. It's, is he a franchise guy? Yes. And then the flow chart dictates what's next. You pay him the market rate, whatever that market rate is. And it is obviously higher than it was for any of these guys because time has passed, and that's the way life works. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think we're seeing that, uh, you know, unravel here uh, in terms of, you know, how it's playing out. And we're going to, you know, get to the nitty-gritty of this thing. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, uh, it really isn't that uh, complicated. If, if you don't want to make it as complicated, sure, you can add in a million different variables. You know, you can add a lot of statistics and what have you. And, and for the most part, you should. You should at least, you know evaluate uh, your merchandise, if you will, and in terms of uh, using that analogy before you buy it. But, I mean, you already have a lot of experience with Dak. You know him. You know his on-the-field and off-the-field characteristics. You like him. He fits your puzzle. You've built your team around him. So to just, you know, walk away from that and say, no, we're just going to bring in somebody else, and, I mean, it doesn't make sense because, you know, the, the, the amount you pay him isn't necessarily what is about him. You've already invested a lot of other money on a lot of other players that surround him that fit his mode. It also, I mean, there's a number of reasons why it doesn't make sense. You know, one is that, you know, by the time you, like you would re-enter this process, honestly, in hopes of finding a quarterback 
like Dak Prescott, you know what I mean? Like, and you have that. Beyond that, people love to say, oh, well, what if Dak took less and the Cowboys could use that salary cap space to go out and get help for him? They have never done that. I mean, they have literally had the most advantageous situation across the NFL from a quarterback contract standpoint, and they did not take advantage of it in the way you are saying that they hypothetically would. Um, And my last point on this is, you know, it is often said, or I think it's often assumed that this is a unique thing. And on uh, Thursday, I got a tweet that said, uh, imagine, you know, being Arjo Choa and thinking you know more about the market than Jerry Jones. I will be the first to tell you that Jerry Jones knows and has forgotten more about how to operate a business than I ever will. Um, and I am not at all claiming to be somebody that knows how to operate an NFL team in a better capacity than Jerry Jones. But if we look at the data, if, if we look at what we have seen, we have seen a pattern from the Cowboys with their big time contracts, their market setting contracts, so to speak, where they wait till the 11th hour. And not only wait, in, in the last two cases, have been pushed into the 11th hour. Demarcus Lawrence needed shoulder surgery last year and threatened to delay it, which would have delayed his ability to get back on the field. He said, I'm not getting this surgery until I get my new deal. So what did the Cowboys do? They blink. Zeke Elliott said, you know what? I'm going to hold out. I'm not going to show up. And what did they do at the 11th hour in the final moment of preseason? They blinked. And so the deadline, the, we're just simply in like the ninth hour here with Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? And people, see, you know, the, the Cowboys, for whatever reason, call it arrogance, call it hubris, call it ignorance, call it just, you know, philosophy, believe that they can win these staring contests despite literally 100% of evidence proving the contrary. And so this is exactly those situations. It's just the the timeline isn't and can't be self-imposed by Dak to a larger degree, so we have to wait it out until July 15th. Yeah, and so you're not pretending, as you're saying, to, to know more or to be more or to, you know, have the, the, the correct formula. All you're doing is, uh, you know, pointing to reference points that are objective data and, you know, demonstrating the history that they have. And so if you're going to rely on history to project what they might do, then I think that's all you're doing. So, you know, that's, uh, I think, what, uh, you know, makes the most sense to do in this case. So um, that's our rant on Dak Prescott. Uh, you'll be back for Monday's episode, uh, which will be good. And then uh, you'll be back hopefully a little bit after that. Uh, but as mentioned, we do have a new episode of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray and special guest Arjo Ochoa coming at you later today in your podcast feed. Make sure you do subscribe to the Blog and the Voice podcast feed available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. You get access to all of our wonderful shows. That way we had a brand new episode of Broad and the boys yesterday with Ari Temkin and Roy White. Um, a little bit of a sneak preview on today's episode of GTB. The girls and I talked about just kind of some nostalgic questions, and I'm going to put them to you. My first is, what is your earliest Cowboys memory? Doesn't have to be like, you know, on second and six, you know what I mean? But <laughs> like, you know, like uh, maybe like a game or not even a game, maybe like a player or just, uh, you know, liking a certain thing. Well, what is it? Well, I, I just, you know, the, the memory I have, the uh, you know, the the furthest back memory I have is just my dad watching, you know, the Cowboys, and that uh, is what, uh, you know, kind of drove my interest in it. And, you know, so I remember him telling me about the players back in those, and this was, you know, in the early uh, mid-60s, late-60s. 
uh, you know, I was, you know, born in 58, so I was, you know, probably near 7, 8, 9, 10 years old type thing. So just, you know, learning about the game and, uh, you know, with the Cowboys team, the Cowboys players, as the, you know, as the examples for everything that he was telling me. So I'd, I, I say that would be my, you know, probably longest memory or farthest, furthest back memory uh, of the Cowboys in any way, shape, or form. What moment made you cry tears of joy in terms of the Cowboys? Tears of joy. Um, I mean, wow. I mean, in, in terms it of... It doesn't have to be like literally crying, but yeah. I mean, you, get, you get the context of the question. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of them, you know, obviously uh, all of the five Super Bowls, uh, you know, thank God I've been fortunate to be live for all of those. And, uh, you know, every one of those was was a climactic moment. Uh, I, I think probably I enjoyed the uh, the 90s dynasty a bit more because, you know, I I went to a lot of games during that uh, span of, of, of their, um, you know, uh, dominance. And so, you know, just watching them uh, succeed was, you know, just fantastically rewarding. You know, and I think if I, if I picked a, a singular moment within that, it would probably, probably be uh, Emmett, um, you know, surpassing or eclipsing the uh, all-time rushing leader sure. uh, yardage. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's kind of where I would land on that. That's a good one. And that, that's kind of representative of the entire body of work and moments like that kind of like you know are a microcosm for the larger era as a whole um that's cool uh what about yeah, i hate to end on a somber note but tears of sadness just may maybe the most gut-wrenching moment you know you can i'm sure there are unfortunately a lot to choose from um i'll give you a, a clue and we talked about this on the show um, a lot of answers we got, because we put this out on social, were Romo's football is a meritocracy speech. That's not my answer, personally. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are quite a few also, as you're <laughs> saying, unfortunately. But, you know, the, the, the reason there's quite a few is because they've been su such a successful organization. So they've been in the, in the mix, you know, at the end of the season quite a bit. You know, so yeah, I mean, I I would say more recently, yeah, maybe the Romo fumble on uh, the the field goal attempt in Seattle. In Seattle, wow, yeah. So both I your mean, tears are against the Seahawks. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's uh, but but I'd say you know, maybe the uh, Dwight Clark catch. Yeah. You know, I watched that live, and I was actually at a at a Super Bowl you know numbers party type thing, and that one was gut wrenching, no question about it. But I would say maybe again, you know, and I'm going to go back a little deeper is, uh, you know, because I, I remember, you know, really, really, you know, just feeling gut wrenched about it was uh, the Cowboys lost to the Colts. In uh, Super Bowl five. Super Bowl five. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, wow, that because, you know, that they had so many opportunities to win that. And, uh, you know, the way they lost it and the way, it, you know, the, the whole thing unraveled at the end, I think there was that tip, yeah. uh, you know, pass between, you know, two Colts defenders, uh, you know, which made it legal. I mean, just so many things that you just could never, you know, imagine. And, and that one hurt. That one, you know, was, uh, you know, the first time the Cowboys, you know, reached a point where they could, you know, be world champions uh, in the, the Super Bowl era. And, uh, you know, so I would say that one there of all of them. Okay, well, um, we did not hit Super Bowl five. Um, there was a lot of res like you mentioned Dwight Clark. We didn't get that a lot. Well, honestly, a lot of responses of that variety were Jackie Smith. 
Um, that goes back to the, in your estimation, the greatest Cowboys team to not win the Super Bowl, the 78 team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, but and, and yeah, that certainly is all the Steelers losses in there. Right. The, the two Steelers losses in the Super Bowls were, were not fun either. But, uh, but no, I mean, that one, uh, you know, because I got to experience that with my dad too. And, you know, so we kind of gave, I was like, what, maybe 13 or 14 at the time. So, you know, it was uh, one of those where you needed your dad to kind of, you know, put his hand over your shoulder and explain a few things. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that that's what uh, what it was for me. Well, um, it was fun kind of getting nostalgic um, in, in terms of great moments and sad moments. And, um, you know, it's a great episode. I think you'll enjoy it. I talk a lot about the 2017. I know that was a really special year. We enjoyed every game that year. Um, it was what, like a month, two months ago that I think it was ESPN replayed the Monday night football game against the Bills. You know, like there, there are just moments like that that stick out to you from some big and climactic games. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, so look for that later on in your podcast feed today. Uh, do us a favor. Uh, if you're not out on the golf course, uh, you know, find a way to have the absolute best Friday of all time. I'm talking the greatest Friday ever. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends, as always. Go Cowboys! And peace out.